0: This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe, and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. It is the day, which is one of my favorite days of the week, right after Tuesday day. And I had the great fortune of seeing Hugh Jagman in concert last week, so... Um, I believe he's touring Mexico right now. So if you're listening, Hugh Jagman, you always have an open invitation to come on the radio show, as does Chris Hemsworth, because we always celebrate Thor's Day. And one of my very favorite authors that also is a big celebrator of Thor's Day is talking to us today. Sasha Summers grew up surrounded by books. Her passions have always been storytelling, romance, and travel passions. She's used to write, she's Written more than 20 novellas and um, novels. Now a best-selling and award-winning author, Sasha continues to fall a little in love with each hero she writes. And she writes some very swoon-worthy heroes. From easy-on-the-eyes cowboys, sexy alpha male werewolves, to heroes of truly tragic and mythic proportions, she believes that everyone should have their happily ever-after ending in fiction and in real life. She has a very obstinate and grumpy, fabulous cat named... uh, Gerard who just showed up one day and she looks (laughs) forward to hearing from fans and her links are uh, on the write-up of the show for Facebook, Twitter and her website.
1: So thank you so much
0: for coming today Miss Sasha. How are you?
1: Thanks. I'm good. Thank you for having me but we we have to go back. I need to hear details about your Hugh Jackman experience because I did not get to go.
0: So I don't know what I was expecting. I mean you know he's every interview I've seen of him and you know, the movies I've seen him in, I've always liked. And Mm -hmm. I really liked him as a person when I would see the interviews. Like um, one of them they did, he was talking about his dad and you know, how much he respects his father. And I mean, he's just and his wife, He's like completely bananas over her and the kids. So wasn't really sure what to expect. And then he came Uh out and basically did like this variety show type thing where he, he sang stuff from the greatest showman and then he had these amazing dancers on there, um, this live orchestra, you know, this live orchestra. Um, and then he also did stuff from the man of, from Oz. He did that. And, um, the, um, Keela, uh, from, is that how you say her name? From the greatest showman. She came out and sang, this is me, which was like bone chilling. It was so fabulous. Yeah. But she was so adorable because she came out. We're all staring at her, and you know, the screen and on stage. And my friend Sarah got these tremendous tickets, so thank you, Sarah. Um, but uh, she, Keela wasn't wearing any shoes on stage. Oh, how funny! So fun. she had this. Yeah, I know. She had this beautifully sparkly jumpsuit, and um, her. I mean, she looked gorgeous. She always does. And then, right? But um,
1: she had no shoes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't you know, know. I, I guess making a statement, hmm,
0: interesting. Right, right. It was. It was it was wonderful.
1: So, of course, it everyone sounds was singing like along it was and, crying like, and Yes, and I've seen, you know, I've seen, flash pictures everywhere on social media since he started that tour. But, mm-hmm. um, yes, yeah, so I just didn't know if it lived up to the hype, you know. It really did,
0: you know, and it's one of those okay. things that sometimes you go because, I mean, obviously you like the person and, you know, you've liked every one thing they're in. But it really was just a very almost like putting his heart on the stage type, you know, performance. Um, Yay. And you could tell he really enjoyed the evening, or he's just like this phenomenal actor that we're all just going, <laughs> oh, my gosh, he's fabulous. <laughs> but, you know, but I think the best part, and, and we have a mutual friend who um, – Jolene Navarro, who's a a wonderful author, but she is completely Hugh obsessed. Like she totally loves her husband, but like yeah. I uh, no doubt that Hugh's on the free pass list. So he made <laughs> the entire free pass if she, if she would ever do that, but she wouldn't. But the whole thing is that they went to see Hugh in Houston, right? And then they saw her right. here in San Antonio. Um, and we were laughing because they had posted the day before that. You always had this huge crush on Olivia Newton-John growing up. Mm-hmm. And so apparently that was part of the show when he talked to the audience in Houston Well, they printed up a picture of Olivia Newton-John oh um, my gosh. Like in Greece, I guess. And they were sitting second row and they were holding the sign up and um, he saw it.
1: So oh, he's funny. laughing and
0: he, I know. Well, the best part is Jolene's husband, Fred, had the sign and he, and Hugh calls Fred up to the stage, like not on the stage, but to the stage. <laughs> right. And all of us, there's like 12 of us scattered through the, you know, AT&T center going, Oh my gosh, that's Fred. And um, <laughs> and Fred's just talking to Hugh Jagman, like, it's just, Oh yeah. You know, they're like at the yeah. grocery store. Yeah. They met in the bread aisle or something. Like, it's nothing. Fred is so chill. He's such a sweetie. He oh is. my gosh. He's so chill. But the funniest thing was, he goes, "Where's your wife?" And Fred just got, casually turns around and points to Jolene, and you just saw her like sink, like you could see her head just fall.
1: <laughs>
0: and she, like, she just wanted to shrink, and it was just I guess it was one of those it's one of those wonderful moments, you know, right, that right. we all look oh. forward to. we'll all be talking about when we're 90. Um, oh, but yeah. uh, it was such a great yeah. show.
1: Well, good. But, but good. that moment I'm was so the price of the,
0: worth the price of the ticket. Yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm
1: sure. I am I am proud of her for not fainting, let's be honest, because she's that big a fan of those. Oh, so. sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and the best part is, just like the writer I am, I'm sitting there watching the show going, I could so write a hero like that. Yep. It's oh, done. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's like, oh, like you're yeah, writing I mean, the story Batman. as you're watching the show.
1: Yes, he is pure hero material from his stage persona to his personal life. He's just such a great guy. So, well, yay, I'm glad it didn't disappoint. I'm glad it was a wonderful evening. That's always good. It was. It
0: really was. It was a lot of fun. Um, So, yeah, and we lucked out because it, like, torrentially rained during the show and then stopped right as we were leaving, which was great because I had gotten a poster. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's nice. I'm going to walk out in the rain yeah. poster. out of my 12. I'm like, well, I'm 12. Oh. Yep, I am 12. I'm going to get a poster. Um. So, yeah, put it right next to my Donnie and Marie poster that I got at the Houston oh, Live Show and no. Rodeo when I was, like, eight. That's um awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Those little memories. Yeah. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> and, Oh my gosh! And
0: speaking of those kind of little nuggets, that's one of the things that I really love about your books because you have this wonderful sense of of family and the sense of putting different little stories together. So, like these little quirks and, and moments that you put in, that you, as a reader, you're saying, "Oh, yeah, that that sounds familiar." Whatever are you? Are you pulling some of those from your personal life or just things you've kind of collected over the years or Um, or what is that for you?
1: Okay. So I'm going to be honest and this is just going to make me sound crazy, but honestly, when I'm writing, and I think we've talked about this before as as authors, I think when you're in it, your characters kind of naturally lead you, or at least they do for me. So, um, you know, when I go into it, I might have an idea of, of their personality, but the more you write, the more it comes out and they kind of, I know it's me, I know I'm doing it, but they seem to develop their own little um, idiosyncrasies and and quirks that make them individual characters, Um, because after, you know, after you've written a couple of books, you want to make sure that they're distinctive characters, you don't want to write the same character over and over again, so you definitely want to be aware of it, but they all just, they've all been very easy to get along with and write, and it makes me feel very happy to think that, you know, you, you find them relatable. Cause that's obviously the goal, you know, you're not going to read it if you don't care about the people. So yay.
0: <laughs> yay. Well, and speaking of that, you have this new series from last stand Texas with two yes. publishing who we both write yes. for, and we both absolutely adore. Yes. Um, so tell me about book one that came out not okay. too long ago and now book two's come yeah. out.
1: Yes. So okay. um, book one was sweet on the cowboys. And um, basically, it's the, the Draeger family, and they're a big um, Texas cowboy family. They own a ranch, but they're breeding um, rodeo stock. So it's it's a little different, but, you know, they, they still run mm-hmm. cattle and everything. And in the first book, it's, it's the oldest brother, Lamb, and uh, the father, the patriarch, is just passed. And so he's kind of taking on the mantle. And... Um, so he's having to deal with that, and then this woman shows up in his kitchen in the middle of the night, and she's cooking and, like, listening to jazz band really, really loudly, and she's very quirky, and she kind of does the whole 1940s retro um, style hair and clothing, and he's just kind of confused, um, but it turns out she's supposed to be there, so um, and may, you know, over time fall in love, <laughs> and she has adorable little twins, and it, it's just a really great intro to this the family, and then the one that just came out, um, it's called Christmas Flowers, and it's the second one and it's about Macon who is Liam's brother and um this is my first ever sweet story like full on sweet and it was so mm-hmm. much fun you know it's it's very I, when i was writing it i was thinking okay i'm going to go with a whole homework movie vibe that just really sweet really oh kind of feel you know um i think especially around the holidays sure. we all love that extra warm fuzzy feeling so this one, um, they're high school sweeties that are getting a second chance um, around the holiday season, and she has come to run her grandmother's flower shop because the grandma's finally taking this European cruise she's wanted to take her whole life. So Charlotte, who's the heroine, she's come in to take over, and because she's this very high-energy kind of can't-sit-still sit girl, she decides to transform her little flower shop into a flower cafe, which is this, like, over-the-top flowers everywhere, you know, with lots of senses, and just a real um, kind of relaxing, oasis kind of idea, but the building is so sure. old that, in the process, um, she gets some phone calls to the city about breaking city ordinances, and so the fire marshal has to come in, and guess who's the fire marshal, so it's pretty cute. Oh my. Um, so... Yeah, so the ex is coming in having to write her citations and at the same time wanting to help her out because even after all those years, he just wants to make her happy. So they're super cute and sweet, and there's puppies and kittens and Christmas caroling and making cookies and just <laughs> all sorts of good stuff. Oh, how fun. And are yes. you going to
0: be able to – um what kind of cookies do you have them making?
1: I have them making, and it was really cool. I never – um Made them before, but you know my twins are like three and four, so they're they're kind of messy. And there's this cookie mm-hmm. called a monster cookie. Have you ever heard of it? Oh yeah, where you dump everything in? Yes, like well, all sorts cookie. of everything. Like, yeah. Yes, and this is exactly what kids that age would want to do because they don't have to be pretty. So um, so yeah, I right. mean Charlotte is not a a chef at all. So for her, this is like oh thank goodness there's no pressure. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so they put in everything from like, you know, bread hots to peppermints to red and green um, chocolate covered, like uh, M&Ms, that kind of stuff. And they just, in pretzels and yeah. Rice Krispies even, I think. So you can go crazy with it, but um, I might actually have to try and make them this year just to see how they turn out. But, um, but yeah, so they definitely make I mean, they make gingerbread too, but this is my first, like, Hmm, this is new and unique and kids would obviously love this. So, so yes.
0: Oh, for sure! If they're not eating the candy in the process,
1: exactly. I'm sure they'll do plenty of that too. Yes, yeah. But that's one of the things. um, I'm getting to go to an author tea um, in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be putting that recipe card in with my little giveaway bag. So, um, oh, nice. You know, yeah. So the readers can go home and make a mess themselves, and you know, just eat all the candy if they don't want to actually make cookies. So, sure.
0: Well, it's kind of like you know, my husband. he did not grow up in a eating raw cookie dough house, which I feel bad for that, you know, I know. because there's just, yeah, so, and I remember the very first time I made cookies with our children, and right. he walked in, and they were licking the beaters, and he said, what are you doing, and I said, we're eating cookie dough, and he said, you can't eat cookie, raw cookie dough, <laughs> I said, yeah, you can, I've been doing it for like, I don't know, 30 plus years oh, and it's like, um, watch me no no you can't <laughs> yeah. but yeah right but I mean don't you remember doing that with your grandma like she'd make she'd make cake batter she'd make
1: oh you know yes. whatever yeah and it was just yes. one of
0: those moments you know
1: oh yeah yeah I mean yeah. it's like you have what is it? My my kids always like to say, "I just need to make sure it's not poisoned, mom." But yeah, totally, totally, they gotta to have a you know a lick <laughs> of it or whatever. So, I mean, I remember with my sisters, we would fight over who got the beater. You know, it was like after you were done mixing everything up. Yeah. Like, I get it. No, I get it. So, yeah, my my oldest sister normally won because she was a lot taller than me. So, but you know, oh. <laughs> I don't have deep scars <laughs> or anything. I've recovered. <laughs> yeah now
0: it's you know you dip the spoon you can dip the spoon in or whatever because you know we have one of those stand on the thing mixers that you throw everything in yeah um but but yeah it's yeah I mean the beaters I I until I we just mentioned that I was like oh yeah that's right because my grandmother Mm -hmm. made cake batter brownies or whatever um one of the one of the funniest recipes I remember was my great-grandmother would make these amazing mashed potatoes and she would babysit me a lot when my parents uh-huh. weren't working. And um, so she'd make these incredible. And my mom was like, What is she putting in these mashed potatoes? I mean, she tried everything <laughs> to fi- make things fi- taste like that. And my great grandmother wasn't sharing the recipe because she was like, No, I'm oh. not sharing. Um, and so my mom sent me in like stealthy and said, <laughs> What is she doing <laughs> with these
1: mashed potatoes? Oh my God.
0: And I, remember when she had really bad arthritis, my great-grandmother couldn't hold the mixer very well, like the handheld right. mixer, so she okay. started mashing it, like she like she boiled a snot out of these potatoes, and right. then she would mash them with a glass Oh. instead, like she'd take a glass smart. and mash them, yeah. yeah, and so I remember saying, well, I don't know, she, like, uses a glass, and so I remember my mom in there, like, making <laughs> mashed potatoes, like, smashing them with a glass, she's, she's like, this isn't working, <laughs> Um, and it was Hellman's mayonnaise oh. she was, my great grandmother was using Hellman's mayonnaise she's, but she used it on as much stuff as she could so to me it was like well yeah she always used Hellman's but that was the secret
1: ingredient was Hellman's mayonnaise. Yeah well that makes sense I would give it yeah. a little zip and the creamy texture interesting. interesting interesting. Yeah. I never would have thought so of that. So when I first started
0: yeah so when I first started making mashed potatoes you know Steve's my husband's family's got a cholesterol issues and I'm like he's like no not no,
1: no, 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 hey! <laughs> <laughs> Man, no cookie uh, dough, no mayonnaise, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Who am I noticed? It's very sad. I'm very sad for him.
0: <laughs> I know, it's just not right. Oh. Um, yeah, but you know, you, you adjust, we all do. So, yeah. uh, so yeah. you've got these two books coming. Do you have more in the series?
1: I do. I actually just signed today um book three of the contract for that so i'm super excited and it's um colton who is the ladies man of the group uh, you you meet him in the first book and he definitely lays it on thick um so he's okay. gonna kind of get brought low by this this heroine and it's, it's a super sweet story so um but not quite as sweet as this one <laughs> i'm not sure i will okay. continue to write super super sweet but um but yeah no i i, I I think they're just a great family and I want to definitely make sure that the brothers have their story. And after that, who knows, who knows, you know, as you write along, um, other characters will come along and you're like, okay, they have to have a happy ending. You know how that is. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. There is, there is a sister too. So, um, maybe she'll get her back.
0: Yeah. But so, I mean, the feedback you're getting so far, are you having people say, Oh, and I can't wait for this story. And, you're going well. I hadn't planned on writing that one, but <laughs> sure,
1: you know. <laughs> um. I, well, I think everybody knew that Colton was coming out next because that's been kind of the thing. Oh, it's just next. I'm like, yes. so yes, definitely. Um. So I don't know. After that, I've only had one person ask. Uh, this is her mm-hmm. name, is Tabitha, but she goes by Tabby. So we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes, and and if um if she's somebody that you know needs her own book. I try to take it one book at a time at this point, just so that there's not all that pressure. Because I think when you start, well, you again, you know, as soon as you start putting pressure on yourself, sometimes it makes it harder to just be in the book, if that makes sense. So um, I just try and enjoy each book and each journey without getting too bogged down, because you know, it translates on the page. So. Definitely, right. Because you've got—I
0: mean—you've written in multiple genres. I mean,
1: you've got yes,
0: um, you know, more saucy. You've got um, yes, you know, paranormal. You've yes. done stuff with a little bit of mythology. You've done stuff with a little bit yes. of romantic suspense. And and you yes. know, you've got all this. And so, how do you? I mean, do you write one book at a time? Do you write one and plot another? Do you, I mean, how do you keep everybody organized?
1: Well, um, I actually have a kind of wide cornucopia of things. It it seems to kind of do different things for different books, but I do everything from if it's going to be a big family uh, series, then I will actually buy a family tree book and fill it in with all of the characters because it, you know, everything from the little eye color to what they might be allergic to just so that I do keep all of that information straight to um, sometimes I'll do like a, what they call a story Bible, which is me printing off um, different worksheets that I want to fill out and the character inspiration and just putting it in a binder. And other times I'll do a storyboard, which um, you can plot your book, but I tend to also put pictures and stuff on it. So, Each book, I guess it depends on how, um, if I need something new, then I'm not going to do what I did for the last book, if that makes sense, to get started with it. But I do have to keep, I mean, I've even been as mundane as doing an Excel spreadsheet, and I have to tell you, that's my least favorite way to do it. (laughs) But it does help you keep it organized. So, you know, Um, yeah, yeah, no, I like I like to I like to add in as much creativity because I think it keeps your um, your brain firing in a different way when you're actually getting up and doing things and creating and visualizing and and really putting yourself in the place. So so, yeah, that's it's really book by book, series by series. It all has kind of taken on its own shape. Um, But music, music is always really, really important. When I start a series, I actually come up with a playlist that I can consistent, uh, consistently listen to you for the series because it also kind of grounds me and helps me remember the tone and the mood and the setting. So I, I rely a lot on music. So, and you have lists on Spotify for that, right? I don't on Spotify. I need to. I'm still really antiquated and I'm just on YouTube, but now that they're doing ads all the time, it drives me bonkers. So I really do need to go over to Spotify. I need, I need, I don't know. Someone needs to hook me up with that because I'm still kind of, antiquated myself <laughs> I would be willing to bet we could probably
0: find someone Yay! to help you with that I hope um so. and I actually I wouldn't you know I wouldn't mind a lesson on it either because I know oh, that there's yeah. a lot of authors that use yes, that do for that. Yep. like their mood so here's my book I'm writing and here's exactly the mood. so yeah
1: exactly yes yeah yeah sometimes it's, just it's that always little fun to hear people excited yeah exactly yeah do you, um, what about Pinterest? Do you use Pinterest boards? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I, at okay. this point, all of my series, I, in the beginning, I had individual book ones. Um, and mm-hmm. now I've got some that are just overall series because they're just, there's so many of them that I feel like it would be obnoxious to have a book for every one of them. But um, oh, but I have to yeah. say, one of the biggest compliments for me, I, because I am such a visual person, is when a fan makes. A board off of your book that is wow. so amazing it's just like oh you know it's like oh my gosh you know it's just it's it's like awesome it's happened a couple of times and it just it's so cool to see how you know something you've written how different they would envision kind of your characters um but how you know they took the time right. to try to record their their thoughts and ideas and people that they would put in and it's just so cool I think it's the biggest compliment ever Oh, for sure, I mean,
0: yeah. Especially if you and then say, and then they're telling hundreds, thousands of people that right. this is a book you should read, and so much so exactly. that I've made a,
1: a message board for it. Exactly. It was. I was like, whoa. Oh, and here's a shameless plug because I just found out about this. Um, if being that it's Halloween, um, my werewolf books are on sale. So you were telling me, writing across the genres, yeah, they're gonna do a big a big Halloween sale over um, at that publishing house. So if you're in the mood for hunky werewolves, those guys are gonna be on sale. I'm just saying that that could be fun for Halloween. Just and this yes, would yeah. be the
0: format to give that news for sure. Yeah. So where do, where so. do people go if they want Amazon?
1: Those yeah, books. Amazon or Barnes and okay, Noble. Okay, just go to um, Yes. Definitely, and it's the Blood Moon Brotherhood, and it's super. Just i um, you know, whereas this is super sweet, kind of go to the other end of the spectrum. Whereas this one has no naughty yes. words or obscenities, these have all sorts of salty words sprinkled throughout. Um, yeah, so it's, it's called colorful, the other end of the spectrum. adjectives. Those yeah. right there. Yes, A lot of what is it? They say on, um, yes. on SpongeBob sentence enhancers. There you go. So yes, lots of those <laughs> sentence enhancers. Uh,
0: <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> was it, you know, it was an actual Star Trek, so it was called, I, I think it was called Colorful Metaphors.
1: Oh, I like uh, that. One That's time. Good. I think yeah. it was in
0: Star Trek or something, yeah.
1: So, yeah. Uh, but, you but you know, but, yeah. werewolves are not going to be like polite and mannerly, but that would actually be kind of a fun way to go with it. I'm not sure I've ever read a sweet werewolf paranormal. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Does, it, does that even exist? I think that would I don't be, be hard does. to write. Wouldn't it? Yeah, no, I think it just, would be that's difficult. Against, yeah, 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 and you know, let's be honest, a werewolf—it's like they're just pure animal. So yeah, that was your fun. To and write that's through. one of the reasons yeah. we and, like them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's one of the reasons I like to write all over the place. It, it can be hard sometimes because, as we know, getting out there—if someone's reading your werewolf stuff and then they reach over and they pick up something that's completely different—it can kind of be like, oh, but um, but I. It's kind of like the whole plotting process. I like to do different things, and so mm-hmm. that's the way I do—right all over the place. And it's it's fun. It keeps you fresh, I think, when you are not stuck in a rut.
0: Sure. I mean, so what made you want to make this more of
1: a sweet series versus a saucy series? Well, um, I had been. You know, I think we're all in a place right now where it just it just seems like. As a whole, I'm not going to get political. It just seems like there's there's a lot of angst in real life right now. And so the idea sure. of having a super, I don't want to say shallow, but the angst in this book is not significant enough to make anybody actually get stressed out. There's this comfort in it that sure. you know it's going to be okay. And I think we all at this point, or at least I know I do, um, I just want that feeling. I want the feeling that it's going to be good, everything's happy, That, you know, we all have our own problems, but at the end of the day, we can find something that just gives us that little warm fuzzy that sometimes right now it's hard to find. So that was kind of the the goal right? to make it so just sweet and carefree and light that it was a nice little break from the day to day. From reality. I mean, we all, because I think
0: we all need to step away every once in a while. Exactly. Yes. I think it's good to be aware and educated and know what's going on. But there are times. You yes. know, we really do need to just go. I
1: have to step away from this for even if it's a day. Exactly. Traffic, um, exactly. exactly. And I totally wetter. agree with you about staying on top of things, that We, we have to, as adults, as citizens of the Americas, we have to make sure that we are being informed and staying on top of stuff and being active uh, citizens. But yeah, it's equally important to have an ice cream and read a good book and cuddle with our dog or our kitty and chill out. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. And so you just mentioned cat. So
0: I, you know, and I know the story, but um, tell me how. So you post a lot about this lovely, um, such a cuddly creature. Um, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Sarcasm. Arrived, Sarcasm. That arrived at your house.
1: Yes, he did. He arrived at your he house. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: How long ago was he um show
1: It's been seven years now um it was Christmas Eve and yeah it was Christmas Eve and my husband and I you know we were doing the whole trying to sneak around obviously not successfully and get stuff ready for the next morning and we were about to go upstairs and you could hear this little mew right outside our front door and the one thing in the entire universe my husband is allergic to are cats so he heard them yelling and he's like, Oh, you need to go upstairs. Hurry, hurry. And he's trying to get me to go upstairs. And I'm like, I can hear it, you know, I'm not deaf. Well, not only did I right. hear it, but our our second child, who is a cat fanatic, Emma came out and she's like, Oh, what is that? And so I opened the front door and there's this adorable little orange and white tabby just yelling for his life. I mean, just beautiful. He comes inside, and he goes upstairs with Emma, and he spends the night with Emma, and the husband said, well, as long as um, you, know, you guys take care of it, that's fine, but, you know, I'm not going to. I have pictures that show you otherwise, but anyways, um, yeah, sure. so he came up sure. the night, and that was it, and Gerard is now Gerard the feline overlord because he is a menace to society. Yep. Um, he has no idea that he's a cat. He will take on anything from a German shepherd to a raccoon, um, and he just, he doesn't seem okay. to realize that, yeah, he's not in the big bad guy that he thinks he is, but when he is affectionate, which is like, you know, maybe 10 minutes a day, he gives the greatest cuddles, and he will <laughs> climb in your lap, and you put him long enough just to get covered with white and orange hair, and then he's done with you, so, but, um, so yeah, he, right. I think, yeah, I think he thinks he's the guard dog, if you will, so, Yeah. is he
0: going to make it into any of your books
1: well so just because i've been thinking about you know adding more things to my brain i actually have a children's book idea for him um but i don't know if i'm ever going to have the time to do it or not but he is adorable and he's got such a personality um and i love to to draw and paint so i'm i'm gonna think about it it's definitely not something that will be front and center but um but I could, I mean, I would want it to be something that would be, do you remember uh, the Carl books with the large Rottweilers? And they're old. I mean. Yes. It was. Yes. Okay. So it was like a storybook that told we'll out uh, a story without so, words. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I could see doing something similar to that for Gerard, but I, I'm not sure he would have the manners to actually be a good children's book. We'll just have to see. We'll have to see. Right.
0: Well, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of quirky and he does things on his own terms and he has a certain way of looking at the world. And yes. and it's funny because years ago, my, my husband's a pediatrician, which you know, and he said he found this book called all cats have Asperger's. And so it's about, it's about trying to get people who don't quite understand what that means. Mm-hmm. um Whether you have a family member or someone at work or whatever, um, this is how the people with Aspergers may perceive the world. So this is why they act the way they do, why they react oh, oh, cool. to certain things. And so he has all these really great cat photos.
1: Uh-huh. Um, the
0: author uh, and it says, you know, if the cat, you know, kind of acts like this, it's because this is how. And and it's all these different things. So it, actually, I thought of that book when you were talking about doing stuff with Gerard that he's affectionate ten minutes a day. So it's it's kind of funny to think about, you know, well, maybe, yeah, that he has his own way of looking at the world and, you know, not everybody gets along with it. Maybe not everyone, right. you know, it's just kind of that process of, you know, maybe he's just, maybe he's just a grumpy cat, like we've joked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe he just, this is the way he sees the world and that's okay. You know, I that's like
1: his that. way. I like that. I like that. Yeah. On things. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Because you have nothing hmm. else you're doing. I know, I know, I know. But he is worthy. He's adorable well, and obnoxious, but, you know.
0: Why not? Well, and see, here's the thing. I know that you don't have anything else that you're doing because <laughs> you have something coming up after the first of the year.
1: <laughs> I do. Yes, <if> I do. <laughs> I have a couple of things So um, You do? So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about them? No, yes, I would love to um I have okay. they' they're they're i guess what you would call big books. I'm super excited they'll be um everywhere Walmart Target and the first one is um it's a new series for me. It's a little different than what I ever do, but I'm so excited about it There's, these characters are just really vivid and it's kind of like if you took um maybe the TV show Nashville with a little bit of dynasty. Uh, so it's very mm-hmm. high drama, high stakes, but um, each of the books actually will be dealing with kind of a ripped from the headlines topic. So the first book comes yeah. out in March, um, which is right around the time that um, uh, sexual abuse is, it's like one of their survivors months. So we'll be tying in because right. there is an underlying storyline in that book. So it's you know there will be um, probably some flag alerts on it just in case anybody is uncomfortable with that kind of thing. It's not graphic, but they just don't want anyone to be surprised by, by the fact that it's right trigger about. warnings, um, sure, exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's they're a big country music family, they're kind of legendary. I kind of think of the father as a mix between Tim McGraw and um, George Strait. Woo-hoo.
0: Um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's
1: raised, yeah, <laughs> he's raised his twin girls and the son, and they have been the three kings, um because there's three of them haha, since they were teens, and now they're young adults, and they're struggling to kind of become adults as this what was kind of this young you know musical phenom. oh my gosh, um, so they're kind of coming into their own, and now that they are adults, it's like things that everyone did want to talk about because they were kids is starting to come out too. So it's a really sure. big balance of, of really awesome family connection and dynamic. I've had to write some songs for it. So that's been kind of fun. Um, I have someone who's oh, wow. going to actually write music for it. So I would love to see those songs made into something. We'll see what happens. Um, but so that's a great family. And the first book is Jace and he's the hero in the first one. And he's kind of this guy that won almost like the voice and um the yes. record company so, so he wins you know the year contract with the record company and it's the same record company that handles the kings so they arrange for him to do a single with one of the girls so that's the way he kind of is introduced to the family and it's it's a lot of fun so that comes out in March um and then I have another uh, book coming out in May another new series and it's kind of the exact opposite of my first woman's fiction um it's multi generational. I love it. The family is very real to me. Uh, there might be a little bit of stuff taken from my, my actual family, just because I think when you write something like that, you do, you do tend to look at your own family. Um, and that's called sure. accidentally family. Yeah. And so. That one will be out in May, and right now we don't even have a cover up. I've seen it, and it's amazing, but um, they haven't done a cover reveal yet, so I can't wait. I can't wait. So both of those are coming out. Oh, and then how exciting! I also have a um, a Valentine's book uh, that'll be out around Valentine's Day, and it's called Dog Park uh, Dog Park Sweethearts, and it's a another really sweet, sweet book. So, yeah, lots going on. <laughs> wow. Yay! And so I how know. many books will that put
0: for you in like a, in a year? So that'll be what, five books, six books in
1: uh, a year? Yes. Six, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yes. It's been, because wow. last year I only had um, two. So it does it, it seem to be that way. I mean, you have to have time to actually write them. So um, some of these have been yes. you know written for a while and they're just now coming out, but yeah, um, it's awesome when it's boom, boom, boom like this. At the same time, you want to make sure each book gets its own attention. So, um, hopefully, hopefully readers will find them and love them because I've had so much fun, you know, visiting, if you will, these different characters and their families. So, good stuff.
0: So, how many? So you've got over twenty, but you, how many books have you written? Like this time next year, how many books Oof. will be out of yours?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I I think we're pushing okay. thirty now, um, but I haven't wow. counted, and I should. I should count. Okay. I should know that. Um, but yeah, count. I think we're getting. Yeah, I think we're getting there. Now I have, um, you know, the, there'll be two more of the Kings books that come out in, in the next year or so, and then I have a whole new series that I don't even have a release date for it. But it's uh, basically about retired military dogs and them finding their forever home, and of course, you know, the men and women that fall in love over those retired military dogs. And so that'll be coming out probably, um, the year after. So lots of good stuff on the horizon. I'm feeling very blessed as an author that, um, people are giving me a chance. (laughs) So, um, hopefully we'll we'll love it. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, that's just, that's a lot. I mean, and it is, you know, you're working full time and you, you've got your routine, Yes. Um, and yes. I, and I think that it's important to note that when your kids were younger, because your youngest yes. is in high school, yes. when He's your 17. kids were younger, you were not able to write this quickly.
1: No, so no, not at all, not at all. Right. Yeah, it's it's only been um, within the last five years that I've been in a position where I could really dedicate a lot of time, and it's because most of them at that point were self-sufficient. And I think um, I think you either have to have a nanny <laughs> or just realize yeah. that, you know, it's going to be challenging for you to write full time when you have uh, kids or a lot of kids, which we both have, um, underfoot. And, you know, that's that's way it's supposed to be, though. You're supposed to give them your attention because, you know, they're your kids. <laughs> and the book, right. you know, they'll be there. So they'll be there. They're not going anywhere. So Yeah, kind of important. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It probably is. Yeah, I no, it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so you've got... You've got all this stuff coming up, and but I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't, I should have asked you this a while back, but um, what was the catalyst that made you want to write in the
1: first place? Well, I was kind of going through, I think we all get there. When, when we stop having kids and we're like, okay, what am I going to do next? And I have this kind of story. I've always told stories in my mind or, I mean, made little kind of scribble short synopsis all over the place but i've never actually sat down and tried to write some chapters and um i had these characters that were pretty loud in my head and i was like i'll just try and i wrote it really quickly and loved it and it's my first book ever um hollywood ever after and as soon as i was halfway through that book i got struck with another book and it seems like as soon as i started um, it was almost this compulsion. I can't seem to stop. Even when I'm on like a break and I'm not supposed to be, or I've just finished a book and I'm, you know, I know I need to clean, clear my head out. They're already there. The stories are there um, to keep going. So I feel like well, yeah. as long as they're coming, then I have to write them. Right. So, um, so yeah. Right. Definitely. So tell me who is
0: on your uh, to be read podcast.
1: Oh, my gosh. I have a huge right here. I am currently reading Brenda Jackson's Forget Me Not. I also uh-huh. have, have the Key to Happily Ever After by Chris Marcello, I think, or Marcello. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I also have okay. um, Maria Maria Vale's Forever Wolf, which has been epic so far. I'm super excited about that one. Okay. Um, and then I have, uh, what is it? Oh, A Father for Her Child by Laurel Greer. So I've got lots of different books going on because, um, you know, why not? I just have one. Oh, and I just finished Jody Thomas's The uh, Little Tea Shop on Maine, and that was just she's, – she's just amazing. Um, if I could ever be someone when I grow up, it would probably be Jody Thomas because she's just – not only is she a talented <laughs> author, but she's just – she's the kind of woman that opens her heart and encourages young authors and just – there's not a – bony bone in her body. She's just amazing. So yeah. She's well, who yeah, I, aspire I mean, to be one when
0: of her. One of the things that really impressed me about her when I was first finding out about her and, and we were lucky enough to see her we've seen her in person multiple times, but right. she was lecturing and, and I remember somebody saying that the day she was inducted into the romance writer's of Fame she bought three hundred books. I'm sorry, not three hundred books. $300 worth of books on the craft of writing because Aww. her attitude was you never stop learning. Yep.
1: Yep. You know, she, and I believe that. Basis. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if anybody out there that is listening is, um, you know, wanting to become an author, I would definitely say uh, go out and look and see where she's going to teach a class because she just has this way of, It's like you're having a conversation with her, um, which is such a wonderful gift, you know, to have that kind of rapport with people. And it's well worth her time or your time to go and and listen to her. She's just phenomenal. And She's on a book tour right now, actually.
0: Right, right. And then if if people have the opportunity, she also is involved with the West Texas Writers. um,
1: Yes. Uh, yes. Event. Now I talked to her. Okay. I talked to her day before yesterday. She may not actually be there this year. She might be going on a family vacation, which I mean, can't argue with that. But but yes, she was kind of I one know. of the um, the the people that started it up, and it's a fantastic um, week long, completely immersive. There's several different lectures that teach a class, and. For new and advanced, every skill level, uh, there's something for everybody, basically. And it's you're in a place that is isolated enough, that you really are focused, um, that you're in a community of people that are like-minded, so it automatically just kind of boosts your creativity and your enthusiasm. And it's a a really fantastic opportunity. If you're ever needing to get away and write, um, I highly recommend it.
0: And that's um, in June, usually, like the first week yeah. or second week of June?
1: Yes, the first week. Okay. I believe it's like the 8th or ninth for that week. Yeah, it's a full week. Okay.
0: And it's the West Texas Writers Academy? Is that what yes,
1: it is? Yes, it sure is. And, and yes, and okay. I will actually be teaching there this summer. So I'm, I'm excited. Yay! So, yes. Yes, that is I will exciting. be doing my storyboarding and story Bibles and basically what we were talking about, how to make your book come to life, um, either before or while you're writing to keep you energized and focused. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's a great environment, and I love working with authors and brainstorming and plotting and getting excited with them. It's just, you know, makes you excited. So it's a good thing.
0: I think one of the best things, you know, we have about two minutes left, but, I mean, I think one of the best things about going to a conference, because I think sometimes people wonder if it's worth it, and I think yeah. it is if you can get some really good, um, a, you know, a cross-section of of presentations. But one yes. of the big things is the brainstorming sessions. And it's not the yeah. ones that you assume are gonna happen um for um you know um like at a class. It's the ones that right. happen because um you're just sitting next to someone at the coffee shop.
1: Yes. You know, that yes. kind of
0: thing. Those kind of crazy yeah. moments of you know and I'm sitting I'm actually doing the show sitting in front of my kids uh, dance studio And it's pouring down rain, so that's why it sounds like you know Armageddon has happened. You know, yay, yay for rain! It's like pouring. So, um, but yeah. So, well, thank you so so much for um, being on the show today, and I'm super excited about your new project. Thank you, thank you for having me, Patricia. Of course. And so, if you're looking for Sasha's stuff, you can look for her online at Sasha Summers dot com her links to her website her facebook and twitter and pinterest and all that stuff and amazon books and everything is in the link up to the show thank you so much for coming on thank you this show brought to you by circle of seven productions www.cosproductions.com please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle